Penelope and David Jackson had a seemingly idyllic life. They were living out their retirement years in the small holiday village of Barrow in Somerset in the southwest of England. But behind closed doors, a violent scene was taking place one evening in mid-February. What had started as a celebration of Penelope's birthday had ended in a blazing argument, bloodshed, and a murder that would end a 24-year marriage. This is Red Rum, stories about the true victims of crime, David and Penelope. David and Penelope Jackson had spent the last two decades living together, travelling the world as part of their job, and raising their daughter, Isabel. Isabel was Penelope's child from a previous marriage, but David had adopted her as his own soon after the pair met. Before David and Penelope met and got married, they had both already been married before, David twice, and Penelope three times. Penelope worked in the RAF, the Royal Air Force, and back in 1973 had married her first husband. The couple had two daughters, but divorced soon after because of physical violence from her husband. Whilst working in the RAF, Penelope met a man who she'd go on to marry, but the marriage didn't last very long at all after her new husband revealed that he was actually gay and didn't want to be with her anymore. After this, Penelope met another man, Alan, through her work in the RAF. The start of their relationship was rocky because Alan had already got a wife and children. He ended up having an affair with Penelope and this went on for a little while, dating her whilst also living a double life with his family at home. Sadly, the tragic death of Alan's wife from a terminal illness accelerated his commitment to Penelope, and he made his children move in with other family members so that he and Penelope could live together and eventually get married. The couple also had a child together. This was Isabel. The family of three moved to Saudi Arabia as part of an RAF placement, but the family life wasn't meant to be, and during this placement, Penelope met another employee called David Jackson. Penelope and David struck up a friendship at first, but that quickly progressed into a full-blown affair. It wasn't long after that that Penelope's third husband, Alan, learnt of her affair. He was utterly heartbroken. He'd given up everything for her. And after his wife's death and no longer having his children with him, Alan didn't want to live life anymore. He died by suicide. Although Penelope did attend the funeral, it's reported that she was emotionless and seemed detached from the reality of what had actually happened. After that, Penelope didn't want to be a single mother and was ready to begin a proper relationship with David, but it became clear that that couldn't happen. David was married to a woman called Sheila. He had a child from a previous marriage and children with Sheila. That marriage had come about after he cheated on his first wife, and after marrying Sheila, it wasn't long before David cheated on her, the mother of his children, this time with Penelope. Sheila found out about this pretty quickly and divorced David, and that's when he finally decided to commit to Penelope. David and Penelope got married in 1996, and the two of them, along with Penelope's daughter Isabel, moved in together. As both Penelope and David still worked for the RAF, the family would often move from country to country on placement. While David was setting up his life with his new wife, his son from his first marriage, Gavin, wrote a letter to him. Gavin revealed that he had cheated on his wife. He didn't want to be like his dad, 
He'd seen how it had ripped their family apart. He went on to say how depressed he was and that he didn't want to live anymore. Gavin decided to end his life and died by suicide. After that, David sunk into a deep depression over the death of his son. That manifested itself in a number of negative ways, including him withdrawing and alleged physical and emotional abuse towards Penelope. In December of 2020, David had an operation on his pacemaker battery and he was told not to do anything that could be too stressful over the following days. The next day, however, he and Penelope were sitting watching TV when they began to argue over the remote. Penelope ended up locking David in their conservatory, she said to calm him down after the argument. But this enraged David and he picked up a poker from nearby and smashed one of the windows so that he could leave. Penelope called 999 to report the incident to police, quote, I have just got bruises up my arms. He grabbed me and threatened me. I don't want to say any more. It's Christmas and it should not be happening. She went on to say that David was holding the poker he used to smash the window and said to her, if you do not go away, I will use it on you. She added that he probably didn't mean it. So when police arrived at the bungalow, she said, he is going to be mortified and angry about what had happened. The officer that came to the couple's home that night said the incident would be recorded as an assault and the couple shouldn't be under the same roof that night. Penelope was asked if she wanted to take the matter further with the police, but she said, part of me wants to make him pay for it, but that's spite. It's either we get through it or we get divorced. At the moment, I don't know how we get back from it. A police officer phoned Penelope a few days later to check in on her and the situation with David, and she told the officer that David had sorted out the voltage on his pacemaker after a call with the hospital. She went on to say that he was back to his normal self and had no recollection of what had happened. Another time, Penelope had texted David, quote, You frighten me. I cannot grow old like this. And, I love you, but I can no longer cope. February the 13th, 2021 was Penelope's birthday. It was mid-lockdown because of COVID and Penelope's daughter Isabel had organised a virtual dinner party with her mum and David and with her partner Tom. Isabel had bought all the ingredients and had them delivered beforehand. The four of them planned to cook together, eat an extravagant meal and sit down for a few hours of chat and wine. The night got off to a rocky start though when David and Penelope had an argument over the iPad charger. It was important that they had full charge, so the virtual dinner party wasn't interrupted and all went as planned. After that, things were tense over dinner, and although Isabel and Tom were only in the same room virtually, it was clear that another argument was brewing. Penelope cleared away the starter dishes from in front of her and David and went off screen to go back into the kitchen. She emerged a few moments later, this time carrying their main courses and a side of bubble and squeak. David complained pretty much straight away that bubble and squeak wasn't fancy and would ruin the meal. Perhaps because of the underlying tension, the argument progressed quickly and Isabel said, quote, let's just leave it there then, and ended the Zoom call. At that point, Penelope couldn't help but cry, but David ignored her. Penelope texted Isabel at around 8pm that night, quote, if it all goes tits, you have this message. I love you to the ends of the earth. Isabel immediately called her mum to check she was okay. Quote, 
I'm absolutely fine. Don't worry, I'll call you in the morning. Penelope then went to bed, but still not having really spoken to David. What David didn't know is that Penelope had taken a knife from the kitchen and had placed it underneath her pillow. It was revealed at trial that she had decided to do this as she felt she had no choice because she needed a way to defend herself. But Penelope's intent, she said, wasn't to harm David with that knife. She could use it in defence if she needed to, but her real intent was to take her own life. At some point, it became clear to David that Penelope had taken this kitchen knife upstairs and into the bedroom. Penelope wanted him to say that he was sorry, but instead, on hearing Penelope intended to take her own life, he did the opposite. Quote, For God's sake, you are pathetic. Get on with it and go back to bed. He added for her to come on then. And it was then that she said she just lost it. She took the knife and drove it into her husband's chest. Penelope then left the bedroom and went into the kitchen, where she took out a pen and piece of paper. She then wrote a short note, confessing to stabbing her husband. The note partially read, To whom it may concern, I have taken so much abuse over the years, look at my records. I accept my punishment, may he rot in hell. But as she did that, she heard her husband move from the bedroom into the lounge of their bungalow. A few moments later, he came into the kitchen holding the house phone. He told her, See how it feels to have the police phoned on you. Couldn't even do that, you're pathetic. While he was saying this, David had been dialing 999 and began speaking to the operator. But with that, Penelope took the knife and stabbed him a further two times. David fell down and Penelope picked up the phone. She then started speaking with the same 999 operator that David had just called. And are you with him now? Well... I might just go and stab him again, but... Alright, do not stab him again. Why? Okay, so just listen to my voice, okay? Yes. Stay on the line I with am, me. I am complimenting. Okay, are you with the patient now? Well, I'm in the lounge, which means the kitchen bleeding to death with any luck. Alright, so just stay on the line with me. Look, this is not... You're not paid enough to do with this. It's not okay, well, ultimately, madam, I'm listening to your voice and you're the help I have available, so we need to help him, okay? No, I'm not. All right, madam, how many times have you stabbed him? Um, I did the once. You did the once? And then he said I wouldn't do it again, so I did it twice more. So, okay, so in total, how many times? Uh, three times. Three times, okay. Uh, once. I thought I'd get his heart, well, he hasn't got one, and then twice in the... Hello, madam. Do you need to step outside for me a minute? Can you, can you come outside? Yes. Thank oh, you. Okay, at this moment in time, okay, if you listen to my colleague, um, under arrest suspicion of attempt murder, mate. Under arrest suspicion yes, of attempt murder. You do not have to say anything, but it may harm your defence. You do not mention when questioned anything you later rely on in court. Anything you do say may be given in evidence. Um, yeah. Could you have a bit of a coat? Just bear with me two seconds. In there. I admit it all. Alright. Just get them. Alright, I want to go in. Alright. No, he's on the kitchen floor. Can someone just stay with Devon while I go in? There's nothing nasty. And I'm certainly not. 
<laughs> My coat's in the... Yeah, just Ow, wait two seconds. All right, you okay? You all right? If there's any luck, right. you'll be too late. All right. What's your name, Uh, Well, I'm called Penny, but Penelope Jackson... Can I get my coat? Right, get the ambulance in, Pronto. We need oh, CPR. Oh, no, 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 no. Please don't. Yeah, we need oh, the ambulance in. stabbed him a bit more. We've got CPR being done at the moment. Can we get out of the car? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. 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 He's an aggressive bully and nasty, and I've had enough. And when he said, you won't do it, I did it twice more. Coats in... What colours is your coat? In the, in the front. Yeah. Grey, grey wardrobe. Okay, it might be a while, all right, but I'll try and get... There's obviously a lot going on. Okay. Oh, right, but with any luck, it'll be too late. Penelope, my, my advice is don't don't talk about it now. Okay. No, no, I have no no intention of not agreeing to what I've done. Okay. I know what I've done. All right. And I know why I've done it. And if I haven't done it properly, I'm really annoyed. Oh, all right, Penny. Um, I'm arresting further arresting you for murder. Oh, um, good. I've already cautioned you, yeah. so your necessities for your arrest is for an prompt and effective investigation yeah. and stop further harm. Penelope had initially been arrested on suspicion of attempted murder, but this was soon upgraded to murder when paramedics pronounced David as dead. The next day, officers interviewed Penelope to try and find out more detail about the events of the previous night, but Penelope refused to answer any of their questions. Instead, she presented them with a prepared statement that detailed the abuse she'd suffered at the hands of her controlling husband, David. Over the next few days, Penelope spoke with her lawyer and eventually agreed to put forward a plea of guilty with regards to manslaughter, but not murder. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The defence's argument was that Penelope had suffered long-term domestic abuse at the hands of her husband. Penelope told the court that her life was monitored by David and she'd suffered both physical and mental abuse. She added that David was controlling and coercive and physically violent towards her, including pushing, shoving and strangling her. She explained that David valued loyalty and she would have felt disloyal if she'd told anyone about the abuse she'd suffered. Quote, I covered up for my husband for years. This was my first tentative step to stop the cycle of anger and violence done to me. It was not every minute of every day or every week. The violence was sporadic, the nastiness being called a thing. Even using the TV remote, I couldn't do nothing. I was tentatively trying to take back control. 
Not immediately, but bit by bit, I had lost control. I couldn't go anywhere or do anything. David could be charming and loving and always so caring after a particularly violent event. She went on to say, Yes, I could have left. Why I didn't, I have asked myself a million times. She added that David got nastier when he'd been drinking. The court then heard how, over the weeks and months prior to the murder, Penelope had made repeated internet searches for terms such as violence, refuge, divorce, and living with my abuser. However, the defence presented that David wasn't controlling because Penelope had a level of independence that allowed her to go regularly to the gym or to go out shopping with her friends. Penelope said, quote, Not all the time. If he didn't want me to do it, I didn't do it. I didn't have the guts and was too cowardly to address it head on. It's a bit like me too, and it takes other people to step up and for you to say, that happened to me. But the police questioned why she didn't tell officers about the abuse before trial. They outlined that it didn't make sense that she would keep that background from them, when, on the night of the murder, she was so open about what had happened and why she'd stabbed David. A number of family members were called to the witness stand and testified that David wasn't violent. They claimed it was Penelope who made others feel uneasy and had the ability to hone in on people's insecurities and bully them. David's daughter from a previous marriage, who he was estranged from, spoke about Penelope's character, saying she was the abusive one in the marriage and that her dad would have been too proud to ask for help and admit that he was being abused by his wife. Penelope's daughter Isabel was called to the stand, where she spoke of three separate occasions where David had been violent, the last time being over 20 years ago. One time, Isabel had seen her adoptive dad pull a knife out on her mum. Another was back sometime between 1997 and 1998, when the three of them had been living on a military base in Germany. David had woken Isabel up and told her to get out of bed. He got her to bring him a mug filled with chocolates that she'd got for Penelope on Mother's Day. Then, he smashed it in front of her. Another time, Isabel arrived home from school and found her dad pushing her mum up against the wall, and then that her mum had a bleeding nose. She said it was after that incident that her mum packed two suitcases and went and stayed in a hotel that night. Her mum said they were leaving, but early the next morning, Penelope changed her mind. She woke Isabel up early and simply said they were going home. Quote, To my understanding, it was mum who wanted to go back to being with dad so they could work it out. Another incident of violence, which had a number of witnesses, was when David's two daughters from a previous marriage had come over to Germany with some other family members. Quote, We were all having a barbecue in the garden. I can remember mum saying something and everyone jumping up and running to the house. She said a few moments later, she saw her mother up against a door on the top floor of the house, with David holding a knife to her throat. After that, Penelope went on to say, quote, If I was given the chance, I'd do it again, even if they locked me up for 125 million years, it would still be worth it. I should have walked away years ago, but you don't. I deserve everything that is coming my way because you shouldn't do what I did. Sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. In cross-examination, the prosecutor suggested to Penelope that she had deliberately lunged at David's chest with the knife in the bedroom, and he wasn't a threat when she stabbed him a further two times. She replied, quote, I saw blood. I left immediately. I was horrified. 
I didn't intend anything. I had lost the plot, I had reacted. I knew I stabbed him, it was the blood. I was horrified, I left. There was not an intent. The prosecutor then went on to say that in the 999 call, David can be heard begging for help. The prosecutor probed, quote, he was not threatening to you when you stabbed him again, to which Penelope said, it was that face. The prosecutor added that Penelope could have stopped after the first stab wound but made the decision to continue. Quote, he was calling for help. You did it twice when he was calling for help, Mrs Jackson. No threat to you, was he? Was he? Penelope replied, he was in my, taunting me. I never thought, I lost it. I didn't know what I thought, I wasn't thinking. He was always a threat when he had that face on. You can see him looking at you like that. I told the truth, I keep telling the truth. After 11 hours of deliberation, Penelope was found guilty of murder and sentenced to life with a minimum of 18 years. Isabel shared her grief over the loss of both of her parents. I had not only lost my dad, but I had lost my mum too. My life was changed forever. I've lost the man that I looked up to and loved. I've lost the man that was always there for me no matter what. The judge said, Despite professing to still love him, you sought to portray David Jackson as a monster. Whilst there was no doubt as in any marriage, points of friction that the lockdown would have exacerbated, I have no doubt that he was nothing like the person you have claimed. You took the life of another human being. That is a terrible thing to do, and it represents a burden you and all other family members will have to bear for the rest of their lives. Their memories of David Jackson will always be tarnished by the manner of his death and by the way you sought to portray him. He went on to say that during the four days Penelope gave evidence, he hadn't seen any remorse from her. <laughs>